Hello and welcome to Gear Pulse, your one and only podcast brought to you by American Musical Supply. What's up, everybody? I'm Ryan. Over here, we got Brent, as How usual. How's it going? It's going good for me. What about you? Uh, I can't complain. You know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in. And clicking we, in. We appreciate it. Got a few things to cover today. It's yeah. kind of exciting. We've got, like we uh, like we asked people to write in with questions, and they have. And they have. You have. Yes, you thank have. you. And our first question comes to us from a listener by the name of Kuyabik. And my apologies if I'm saying that wrong. Um, the question is, I play metal and use my amp's distortion. Would it be good practice to use a pedal compressor while playing heavy, distorted rhythm riffs, or is that something refer reserved mainly for distorted clean lead playing? Also, compression before or after distortion. Thanks. Okay, well, <clears throat> I guess let's break it down. I mean... Regardless of the style of music, I think um, to use a compressor, it depends on the sound you want to get, really. Like, by using a compression on, you know, for rhythm guitar, it depends on the setting you want, you know, or the sound you want, because by using a compressor for rhythm, you're going to want to set your attack pretty quick and your release pretty quick if the pedal you're using actually has those those controls, you know? Mm-hmm. If you set your attack too slow, when you know you're trying to get that chug chug by palm muting or something like that, it's it's just gonna jump on it way too slow. So you know it might not hit or punch as hard. And the same goes with the release. You know if it releases too slow and you're playing rhythm, it's gonna take a second for it to pump back up to the level that you want. Um, on the other hand, <clears throat> if you're playing lead and you're using compression, you're gonna want you know kind of an opposite setting probably a slightly slower attack and then a slower release for for those long sustaining notes you know you're playing a solo and you got that end tremolo <laughs> thing you know you want that thing to sing out for a while <laughs> of course so i would i would say set the set the release you know pretty slow set it you know turn the knob up a ways you know let it hang on for a while exactly and you know it also has to do with the other people you're playing with as well you know cuz more traditionally, like you said, um, you know, you use the compressor when you're playing the leads. You know, and the reason for that is because it punches you out in front of the rest of the mix, right? So if you're using a compression setting when you're doing your rhythm playing, you know, if somebody else is trying to punch out, you know, like a you know the bass player or the other guitarist or whatever, um, and you're just fighting with them, you know, that's that's no good either. So you really have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing. And if nobody else is uh, jumping out in front, hey, you know, might as well go Take for it. Take center stage. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, and then uh, for, the, for the second part of the question, um, basically you asked uh, compression before or after distortion, you know. And this, uh, this is a little bit of personal preference as well. But um, traditionally you would run your guitar signal directly into your compressor pedal followed by your overdrive or distortion. Now, basically what this will do is it takes your uh, 
raw guitar tone and um, it limits the dynamic range, meaning that it will bring up the, s the quieter parts of your playing um, and it will bring down the louder parts of your playing. So it gives you, you know, a little bit more uh, consistent level throughout. Um, and this will, uh, when it hits the overdrive pedal, this will change the way the overdrive pedal reacts to your guitar tone. It gives you a little bit uh, more smooth, more consistent overdrive. And um, as opposed to, you know, running your guitar right into your overdrive first, um, which is also something that, that I've seen many times people have done. Um, and basically this will, you know, once it goes through the, the overdrive pedal, it hits the compressor pedal. And the compressor pedal at this point uh, reacts to the overdriven signal. So it, it, it also kind of smooths out the tone, gives you, you know, more mellow, consistent um, level. But it will also, you know, you have to be conscious of the, um, the, the tail of your signal getting a little bit noisy. Because you're also, at that point, bringing up the noise floor that you're getting from your overdriven overdrive pedal. So, um, yeah, I would I would try out, you know, running the compressor first, followed by the overdrive, um, and then, you know, maybe try it the other way, depending on uh, your setup, and uh, maybe even try throwing the compressor in your uh, effects loop. That might uh, also be an option, but first, I would try running the compressor first. So, I hope that uh, that answers your question. Um, thank you very much for writing in. Exactly. Thank you. Keep you them know, coming. Keep them coming. Exactly. So moving right along, um, our second question is from an anonymous source, uh, but the question reads, uh, if I have a tube preamp, could changing the tube change the sound or not? Um, now, tube preamp can mean many things. I mean, traditionally, uh, you know, it, it could be you know, mic preamp, a guitar preamp, whatever, but uh, I'm assuming... Bass pre... Yeah, I, instrument pre. Exactly. Sorry. I'm I'm assuming that you would be talking about a microphone preamp. Um and and really it doesn't doesn't matter a whole lot. Um changing the tube in the preamp is something that uh is is something that can can be technical depending on how the preamp is built, you know, and that's that's something that um I usually you know, reference to the manufacturer and, and um, you know, maybe even give them a call or shoot them an email, see what they have to say. Because sometimes it's, 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 you know, built in there pretty solid and it may vo void the warranty depending on the manufacturer. So uh, I, would, I would check that out first. But if you are feeling adventurous, um, yeah, you, you can definitely change, you know, change tubes. And uh, that it's, it is going to make a difference depending on, you know, Obviously, you want to you want to take the tube that you know the style of tube that you're playing with. You know, for instance, like a like a 12ax7 or a 12au7 right. or 12at7 or, or what have you, um, and changing that out to a different manufacturer or a different brand, you know, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, you know, if you go with a, like a groove tube, and you you choose a, a tube with a different hardness rating or something like that. It could um, affect the tone, you know, it could make it a little bit more spongier, it could make it tighter, um, and that really depends on the brand, you know, that mm -hmm. you're that you're choosing. And I mean, I think as far as the sound goes, you're going to notice a bigger difference in just the the variability of the preamp itself. I mean, the tube, yeah, it's going to affect the sound, but it's going to be a lot more subtle than, you know, 
changing the impedance on it or mm-hmm. you know if you change if you change on a microphone say you've got like a tube mic or something if you change the pattern on the mic or change the impedance or whatever you know you're going to get a totally different sound that's obvious mm-hmm. whereas changing out the tube of course if you change out a tube say you take a 12ax7 and you change it out for a 12at7 it's going to be a pretty dramatic difference because right. the 12ax7 is designed for a higher gain stage anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's hotter. It's, you know, exactly. it's going to break up a little bit faster. Exactly. They usually put them in guitar amps because they offer more more gain and more dynamic range. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. I mean, something to think about, really. Changing the tube, you know, yeah, but I would say mess with the settings first, you know. I mean, if you're looking for a completely different sound, you know, you could go from one one end of the spectrum to the other and be night and day it depends on also depends on the, the microphone you have plugged into it exactly you know and and we're, we're totally not against uh you know kind of circum circuit bending any any gear or anything like that you know that's always fun to explore but you know i you just have to make sure you're you're prepared for what it entails you know so yeah, yeah. modding is something that's fun to do it is fun to do, but you know, expect uh, don't expect a full warranty a lot <laughs> right. of times. You know what I mean? Yeah, expect to not have any warranty, and then you're just going to pay the shop cost of repair if you blow something up. There you go. So keep that in mind, but uh, you know, have fun. So right on. Well, thanks, thanks again for that question, Mister uh, Anonymous Man, Mister Anonymous, whoever you are, or woman, that could be. Yeah, totally. So uh yeah we have uh you know one more question that we kind of wanted to uh touch on. So Ryan you want to want to have that Sure, one? this one comes to us from a listener by the name of Kevin. I don't think I could screw up the pronunciation of that. <laughs> um question is, I wonder if you could provide me with your opinion on the Boss GT10. It's a product that I've shortlisted. Do you think it is the best product in this price range and are the effects really as good as commented on in print? Um well, uh, my opinion is, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a good solid pedal. It's, uh, you know, it, it's the latest release. It is the workhorse. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's like their flagship pedal board. You know, it pretty much has more juice in it than any previous model released to date. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, one of the features in it that, I mean, even in all the entire GT line. I think the last one that I, uh, other than this and like the GT8, but the other one, the GT3, they all feature the synth, the guitar synth thing. Oh, that thing is addicting, man. (laughs) And it's just gotten better and better, like through the, just through the generations and the releases of it, it's gotten so much tighter, man. I always had so much fun playing with that. Yeah. But, you know, synthesizer aside, the features of it are just phenomenal. I mean, there's so much to it. It's like you could get lost in this thing for a week. Yeah, exactly, and I, you know, this this debuted at, at the NAMM show 2008 in Anaheim, and, uh, you know, I, I was checking it out, and <laughs> it's it's so crazy. I mean, if, if you're one of those people that really wants to dial in the tone that you that you want, and, and not necessarily to the point where you, you know all the controls and all the compression settings, exactly what you want, uh, this, this is a really cool piece because it allows you to take any basically any stomp box sound that boss has any any uh um modulation effects compression compression settings uh you know overdrive stuff 
it's all in there, right? But the cool thing about this is you have two um, signal chains that you can um, set up and rearrange how you want. And basically, the, all the, the settings on the effects can be controlled via this cool um, parameter that they give you. Um, and it basically gives you, turns the screen into a grid, and you just move this icon around the screen until you, you know, until it sounds good to you, which is a cool feature. You know, that way you don't have to know, you know, all your ratios and all, all the settings exactly and, and know what they do. Um, you, you can just play and listen and dial it in, you know, which is really cool. Instant tweakability for a generation of people seeking instant gratification. Exactly. So the internet has spoiled us all, has it not? <laughs> of course, of course. And uh, you know, th this one also adds the looper feature, which you know has become incredibly popular. You know, you just listen to you know any modern radio station, you'll hear <coughs> loopers all over. Go the to a local bar that that features like you know original live music. There's got to be a guy in your area that'll bring out one of these pedals that has the looper set up to just grab something that he plays real quick and then play over it. Exactly, yeah. Actually, we were at a, a place last weekend where that guy had uh, one of the Boss RT pedals, and uh, he was, you know, the one-man band thing, but he was just killing it up there, you know, and everybody was eating it up. So that that's a cool feature that this has built into it, which, which you know, not a whole lot of pedals in this price range do. I know, like, the new Digitech, um, I believe it's the RP-1000, I believe has it, um, and and a few others, but it's it's fairly unique feature, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I I would say it's definitely on you know one of my top picks in this in this price range for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boss and Roland, they got their game down. Exactly, and then you know the the second part, the well the next part of the question is you know exactly that is. Um, what else would you recommend, you know, in this price range, which is is basically, you know, in this price range, you have, you know, the the GT10. Line 6 has one um, that they came out with, which is their M13, mm -hmm. which is kind of a unique thing. It's 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 more of a... Uh, it's more of like a pre-built pedal board. Yeah, Basically, kind of. it's not... I mean, I don't even think of it as a processor because it... I mean, if you think about it, it's basically like, you know, the number says it, like 13 of their top pedals, you know? Yeah, in, in one box, you know, including their, their cool delay pedal, which is sweet. Um, but then you also have, you know, we mentioned the RP-1000 from, from Digitech, and then uh, TC Electronics has their Nova System guitar multi-effects out, which is which is also pretty cool. I, I really like the, the TC for their modulation effects. It's really, really sweet and, and smooth. Got some um, pretty sweet reverbs too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think I think overall, I I would have to lean towards the GT10. I think you know overall, you know, if you're doing anything from from the rock stuff to you know the you know the the cover band that that wants to do a whole bunch of you know right. different one different of the styles. features too that 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 is absent on both the Line Six M13 and the TC Electronics Nova system is the expression pedal. The yes. RP-1000 has the expression pedal, so they're pretty much, you know, they're straight-up competition to each other, if you ask me. But missing, you know, is that expression pedal from both the TC Electronics and the Line 6, and that's one thing that is, you know, I mean, sure, you can add another wah pedal, or you can add a volume pedal, or you can add a 
whammy pedal if you're feeling crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. you know, I mean, to have that built in already at the price point, I would say personally it's between the GT10 and the RP1000 for me. Exactly. But that's the, just me. And the key is the built-in. I believe the other ones you might be able to hook up an external expression pedal, but it doesn't. Yeah, like that. a controller pedal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. And, uh, you know, also you you ask about uh, have we heard about the GT12 soon? And and that is that is a rumor. I, I haven't heard it of anything about it. I mean, really, the GT10 was released, you know, last year, just a little over a year ago. I, d- I don't believe it's even been shipping for a year. So, um, yeah, no, I I haven't heard anything. I'm sure eventually down the road, you know. Right. But if it's uh, slated, we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll hear about something in the coming months, probably closer to the end of the year, though, if there's going to be something like you know, that. I, but, I, you know, I don't know when... Th- the GT8 between the GT8 and the GT10, it was it was, at it least was a three while. Years. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a while. So. so I don't know. I mean, I can't see them releasing another one, but they have been doing some pretty good. St- I mean, they've been releasing a lot of stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Another thing, you know, they like they collaborated with Cakewalk for that V700. Yeah. Studio thing. Yeah, that that's thing crazy. is wicked. But it's a beast. Yeah, but that's a whole know. that's a whole other show, right? Right. There. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the last question. Right here is uh, what do you think of the ME70 from Boss, which is uh, their new you know ME line, which is basically a line for the people that don't you know they're they're not really all about the the programming and and menu surfing and that kind of thing, um, which you know the the GT10 provides. Um, it, it's basically all the controls are laid out on the front panel for you. You know, everything's knobs, you know, everything, you know, is assignable to the different uh, foot switches right on the front pedal, um, which is really cool. So, yeah, I mean, if if, if you really, you know, just want to set up and go, this this is a perfect unit for you. Right. It's, it, it's, it's basically, it's a combination taking um, every style of pedal from Boss and and putting it in that kind of a configuration where it's just single sections. You know, you've got your compression, your distortion, your modulation, your delay, and then you've got your expression pedal, which, you know, is obviously programmable. You can make it pretty much be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But it, right along the same line as any other pedal board that you put together with individual stomp boxes. That's, you know, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's... They can't really make it any easier than that. And it's exactly as yep. Brent said, you know, it's for the people that just want to, you know, not mess around with surfing through menus, pushing buttons here and there, you know. There's literally like five buttons on this whole thing besides the foot pedals. <laughs> yep. Otherwise, it's all knobs and it's it's clearly laid out. It's like mapped out like a road map. You can't get lost. Yep. You just turn the knob and rock. What else can you say? It's cool. Check it out. So, Yeah. So we, you know, once again, we want to thank you guys for for sending in questions and stuff. That that's really cool, and you know, making this interactive is really our goal. So, anything anything that comes to mind that you want uh, want to little, know a little bit more on, we'll we'll dig it up for you. If you're and feeling uh, saucy too, just send us a soundbite of your question. <laughs> if you want to get you want to get online on the net, send us a wave. Sure, send we'll an MP3 or whatever. You know, we'll we'll throw. Try it. Try to there. answer it like we're talking to you. Exactly. You know, no. Uh, you know, we might have to edit any saucy language but you know well uh, we'll see what we can do all right cool man well you know we we were talking before about um cool things that 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 that's going on in our audio world you know and uh 
you know, as I think we mentioned in the last episode, uh, Ryan and I are are in a band together, um, and we. I'm we the pl- bassist. You're not the bassist. <laughs> I'm the bassist, dude. This oh, is that's right. You're you're the drummer. Anyway, I'm the bass drummer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we play out a lot, you know, and uh, basically we we have gotten used to going to clubs and and you know having a guy there that sets up the monitor mix for us and you know it's really you know we're not to the point where we have our own audio people come you know our own sound engineers and all this stuff you know that that's well down the road for mm-hmm. us i would say but yes. uh, but you know like like a lot of people out there they you know they have they they go to the club. They have the guy there. Um, he sets up their their monitor mix for him and also runs you know front of house. Right. So he's like doing two jobs at once. Exactly. Making it even harder to get either really good sound out front or really good sound on stage for the performers. Right. Right. And that's like a common gripe, man. Like. Exactly. I don't know. So yeah, we're at the point now where it's like we're so used to it that it's you know it's like second nature to us. Yeah, we just expect to not have good monitors. You just practice a lot before the show, and then you can just basically play the song, and you know it doesn't. You can just <laughs> you <laughs> don't really need to listen to the guy on the other side of the right. stage necessarily. But you know it it definitely helps, and and we you can definitely notice it when you have a good monitor mix. So basically, what we have been talking about, and what we're actually really excited about, um, is we're we're putting together our own in ear system. You know, it, uh, basically a wireless in ear system. And, uh, you know, you see this a lot on large touring rigs and, 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 you know, you see this on national acts and and basically in the past, it's been a really expensive proposition, you know, to, to put together a whole wireless rig, have a separate headphone mix, have different mixes, even different mixes for each performer and that kind of thing. But, but recently it's actually come way down in price, you know, and, and you can actually set up your own headphone mix on stage have everybody has a wireless belt pack except for ryan here you know he doesn't need one he's on the drummer you know he's he's the drummer he doesn't need one sorry sorry dude nah, it's, it's true fine with me man. <laughs> unless you're like tommy lee doing the flippies and stuff you know you don't, uh, you don't really need no no exactly sick upside down man those inversion <laughs> tables are not for me all right good point keep that in mind okay <laughs> so uh so basically we we were uh kind of scoping out some gear and uh putting together some stuff and and what we came up with is is basically a, a system where we would have our a little road rack that we'd bring with us and bring it on stage with us you know and you you've seen those like the SKB uh, road racks and stuff where they yep. have where like they the have gig the, rig yeah like the gig rig where they have the spaces underneath and then the mixer portion on top yes so what we were thinking is basically taking um a splitter like a three-way splitter and uh, the art, uh, the art S eight. Yeah, the art S eight is is one that AMS carries, and basically what this does is you you plug a microphone into it, you know, right. just a microphone cable, and it splits it out, you know, three different ways. Right. So basically, what we would do is instead of you know taking the mics on stage and running them into a snake, which would then go to uh, the monitor board and then the front of house. Um, Basically, we'd take the microphones and plug them into these splitters. You know, we'd we'd probably have two of them because each one is eight channels. So if you had two of them, you had 16 channels. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, we plug all the mics on stage into our rack, into our splitters. And then we'd have cables coming out the back of the rack, which then would go into the snake. 
right? There's right. just one one side of the split would be going to the snake. So the guys, you know, running front of house and the monitors, you know, well, we wouldn't need monitors at this point necessarily, but uh, the front of house guy would be receiving the same thing he normally would. You know, he wouldn't notice anything different. Um, but having these splitters would also allow us to take another split, run it up to um, the mixer that we have on the top of our gig rig or whatever, and uh, allow us to dial in a separate mix or mixes via you know multiple aux ends for each one of us, you know, which is which is a cool proposition really. So Definitely. And not only that, but since it's a three-way, it actually has it has a single XLR input which the mics would feed, um, and then it has three outputs. So ultimately, you know, you could feed front of house guy, you could feed your own monitor mixer which we would have. Mm-hmm. And then if you, you know, you're feeling really ambitious, if you've got a mobile recording rig, say you got a laptop, say you got like a Tascam rack mount mm-hmm. recording interface, you mm-hmm. can feed that with the other signal and record every gig you play. Exactly. And and just think of that. I mean, come on, you could record every gig and then put, you know, at the end of the year or whatever, put out a best of live compilation or something like that. That would be that would be just crazy awesome. So yeah, and then you know, from from there, you know, after after you run it up to the mixer, we you know the the next part is to have a, a transmitter that transmits out to the body packs that that we're all wearing, you know, um, and we we've looked at a lot of different systems, and and really, the one that that was you know economical as well as functional for us was one um, from Galaxy Audio called the AnySpot Personal Wireless Monitor System. <laughs> it's, it's a really cool system, actually. AMS sells it. It's, it's basically a, it's a transmitter, and it comes with four body packs. And so four sets of earbuds. And four sets of earbuds, yeah. And, and a charger, so you can actually have um, rechargeable batteries, so mm-hmm. you don't have to keep buying batteries all the time. Um, so it's actually a really, really cool set. Um, but that way, you know, we'd all have wireless transmitters. Or excuse me, receivers on us, right? And uh, we could roam the stage with our in ears and have the same same mix no matter where we go, which right. is which is completely awesome. You the know? one thing, I mean, you know, like as you were saying before, um, that you know, a lot of the huge touring acts, you know, like the big shows, the national tours, mm-hmm. they have systems similar but different in in the sense that every performer is going to have their own mix. Right, This exactly. doesn't really allow us to have our own mix, but we're at the point where, I mean, we practice together using wired monitors anyway, mm-hmm. so we always hear the same mix anyway. It doesn't really matter. It's right. almost like you're listening to, like, a poorly mixed CD, you know? Right. I mean, we don't mix our rehearsals to sound like totally pro CD quality. But it still sounds better than 90% of the monitor mixes we find oh on stage, yeah. you know. Easily. So usually the guys had a little one too many and he can't really tell what's Five going on. Five too many. Five too many, exactly. So, but you know, having different mix mixes is actually easily correctable by getting, you know, getting another transmitter. Exactly. You know, and then just dialing in a different channel on your receiver pack to, to correspond with the mix that you want to hear. So, yeah. And, you know, depending on the mixer you choose for your monitor mixer, um, if you've got, say, six aux sends, that'll ultimately, for a monitor mixer, that'll give you six different monitor mixes. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of versatility there. Yep. And, and I think if we were to piece it all together right now and price it all out, I think it's hitting like right at the $4,000 marker. With the mixer, the rack, cables, 
uh, wireless headsets, right. splitters. Yeah. And, and I think that was even, I mean, we were even looking at, you know, a decent mixer. We were looking at some, like an Allen & Heath or something like right. that. So, I mean, it wasn't, you you can definitely make, you know, go less expensive if you want to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not out of the question necessarily for a lot of people anymore. No. So Really? I mean, because, you know, it's, if you think about it, some bands, they're, you know, they're working regularly to the point where they've actually got their own their own monitor rig mm-hmm. but it's a st- it's a stage monitor rig with amplifiers and wedge monitors and everything exactly. takes up so much room on stage seriously and, and it's a tripping hazard exactly and then you got to require you know recruit a roadie uh, to to schlep <laughs> around your gear for right. you hump this yeah. on your back fella yeah how much how much can you carry boy but uh yeah no with this you, you have you know you have a rack drawer you throw all your tr- your receiver packs in there and everything it's mm-hmm. one thing on wheels right two it's guys get it out of the van exactly. put it up on a ramp bring it in you're done and exactly. and the, the, another really good part of this is um you know if if you've got road cases for your gear and you use little gizmos like you know the little clamp a little cab clamp or whatever for mm-hmm. your for your guitar mm-hmm. uh cabinet microphones you can just leave your mic set up all the time yeah you set up your mics leaving the sound guy to like sit there and twiddle his thumb exactly you know? and he'll be happy because he doesn't have to do anything right. you know basically it's so. like the common complaint around all those guys man like i've talked to so many sound guys where they're just like they hate their lives because they have to work doing right. sound it's like man i mean dude i'm right. a working stiff man exactly uh, sure i play in a band you run sound, but you hate it. Why do you do it? Exactly. So, and you know, the really only other down part that I can see to this is you have to wear another, you know, body pack. Which you know, if you're running a wireless guitar system already, that's two. And actually, we, <laughs> our lead singer, we were actually trying to talk him into getting a wireless headset mic, which you know is is partly a joke, actually. But uh, at that point, he'd be and wearing not you know, funny. <laughs> he'd be wearing three body packs, which would you know, which would be kind of funny, at least for us. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> kind of inside joke there. Yeah, exactly. So, right on. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as the, the monitor rig goes, if, if you have any questions about it, shoot them in via email yeah, or drop us a line. send us a video or an audio clip of you asking about it, you know. if I don't think we'll host the video, but who we'll knows? probably in the integrate the, the audio if you ask a question via audio. The future is coming. So future's here, man. <laughs> exactly. So who knows, man? Just uh yeah, shoot us shoot us some responses and we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, right. well that's all we got. Yeah, thanks 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 again for tuning in, man. This is uh this has been really cool. And uh yeah, we wanna we wanna keep it up with your uh, answering your questions and everything. So emails go to gearpulse at Americanmusical dot com or you can uh I, I believe there's a link to the email on the on the page on the AMS site, or you can just type gearpulse.com. It'll bring you there. Thanks again.